Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of My Family is Falling Apart. I'll be your host, Gray. So for this episode of The Haunting Hour, we're going to get to the end of the story. And for this next episode, we will be covering a few urban legends, including the black-eyed children, like I'd mentioned before, hailing out of my own home state in Tejas. So get ready, guys. We're going to finish the last of My Family is Falling Apart. Enjoy. I'm staring out across the field behind our backyard. The wind begins to pick up, and there's a slight earthy scent traveling through. It feels charged in the air. It's like the calm before the storm. Last night was extremely hard to get through. I'd called Karis first thing in the morning just to see her off before the trip. In truth, she'd been incredibly cheerful, gushing about her trip to see her grandmother and grandpa. I wanted to tell Jenna to have a safe trip, but the phone was hung up before I even had the chance. I guess it really is over. I'm just the loser that's not getting it. I'm not sure what this week holds, but I know a few things for sure. Jenna is up to something. Carol is helping her, and Karis? She's going to be caught in the crossfire. Or, I reason, you've gone completely insane. I mope silently. The second explanation sounds far better than the first. A co-conspiracy? Jenna? <sighs> I stare out for a few minutes and then step back inside. There's no way she would do that to me. What am I thinking? The house is unbearable as ever. All I can hear is the sound of the furnace kicking on and the air rushing from the vents. I sit on the couch and flip the TV on. After scrolling through tons of movies, I decide on a drama and then pull up my delivery app. Screw making dinner. I'm going to go all out. I glance at the clock and sigh. It's barely 10 a.m. By the time I'm done ordering, I've charged a small fortune in food and candy. Enough to pretty much last me the entire week. Best distraction for being sad is flooding your brain with endorphins and a shit ton of food. I did hear something about happiness and chocolate once, but I probably just picked and chose things I wanted to hear. Four hours later, and I am in Eminem and Snickerdoodle heaven. My first movie and most of the second one was over when the rumble starts outside. It starts low and slow, lazily brushing streaks of white across the sky. Just as the wave ends, the second comes crashing through. I jump as the sky explodes in a series of loud crashes. My eyes don't leave the sky, dazzled by the brilliant flashes from the belly of the clouds. 
the sky turns an eerie shade of green and then quiets. The water outside dies, almost as if it had been snuffed out. I can see that something is lighting the sky, but the sound is so distant. It seems as if it's now miles away. There's movement, and one of the clouds separate from the others, stretching down and then down toward the earth. I stare in disbelief at the slow-forming, upside-down cone. In moments, it will be long enough to reach the field less than a quarter mile from my home. I feel the blood drain from my face and my palms grow cold and sweaty. The tower, now quickly gaining momentum, is on a straight path to my back patio. I can't move, can't breathe. A horrible sound rips through the air, like a train blowing its horn, only a thousand times louder. My home shudders, pieces of fence getting ripped apart and sucked into the swirling dirt and air. My legs won't budge. Instead, there's a rush of warmth down my left pant leg. I'm glued to the floor, covered in my own piss. Move, idiot! This time, I dive toward the hallway and into the small entryway closet. I've barely closed the door when I hear more of my house being ripped away. My teeth chatter and my body shakes. I scream as something crashes into the closet door. I almost expected it to break, but through some miracle, it stays in place. I'm rocking back and forth, holding my knees to my chest with all that I've got. I sob uncontrollably into my legs. What would Jenna think if she saw me like this? Thank God Karis isn't here. Silence hits all at once, like a sledgehammer against a brick wall. It's so quiet, it's deafening. Terrified, I snap a finger near my head. I relax as I hear the soft clink. Is it over, I wonder? I dare to lift my head a few inches and look at the space under the door. I frown, catching a movement beneath the door, long, Dark shadows spill into the small space like two skinny legs. They're still for several seconds and then move. They get longer and then abruptly shorter as the lines form into two circles. Something is standing outside my door. I'm unable to move again, frozen in complete terror. There's something wrong on the other side. I don't know how to describe what I'm feeling. The only thing I can say is that the air has turned rancid. There's a staleness to it that I can't quite place. It's old and ancient. Then my brain catches up to my senses Yes, you have, I tell myself. During the last storm, a sour blast of putrid odor floods under the door, and I nearly retch. There's a foulness to it that only a demon could know. It's a mix of 
burnt hair, rotting flesh, something sulfury and cloyingly sweet. That same wet earth stench, and yet there's so much more to it. I feel it just like I did before. The suction noise comes from the other side, slow and lazy. It's toying with me. It knows I'm here, caged like a goddamn animal. Maybe because it fled the last time we met. Maybe because I saw something I wasn't supposed to. Or maybe, just maybe. I jump to my feet and yank open the door. I blink a few times at the wall and then stare. Stare hard. There's nothing there. I glance up and down the hall, wearily searching every small space my eyes find. It's gone. I stare across the house from the living room and then turn back to the patio door. So this is it. This is what being insane is like. It's Monday morning and I've scheduled an emergency appointment with a psychiatrist first thing. Kyle's giving the presentation instead of me. It's the first personal day I've taken in nearly five years. Suffice it to say, everyone has already been asking if I'm dying. I roll into the parking lot jet up the three flights of stairs, and then slip into my office. I don't intend to stay long. Just look over the presentation and make sure it doesn't have any obvious mistakes. Kyle's usually great with this sort of thing when I need to sit one out, so I'm not worried. I skim through most of it and grin. I sigh in relief and send out an email that it's approved. If this doesn't seal the deal, I don't know what will. It was four months of hard work with a more than capable team. Well, minus Carol. I stare across the empty office. What on earth was she afraid of? Why did she call Jenna instead of me? Jen doesn't work here. It just, none of it makes sense. And the more I think about it, the angrier I get. Were they talking about me behind my back? Have they always been this close? At this point, I know it's useless to dwell on, but it's the one thing that just doesn't fit into the equation. Shaking my head, I scoop up my keys and pull the door shut. I'm turning the lock when the smell hits me. Jesus, it's bad. I glance up as people start to funnel through. Hey, Tom, I thought you were taking a personal day. I grin and wave at Kyle. Hey man, you know I trust you to do an amazing job, but I'm still going to check. Kyle gives a hearty laugh, shaking his head. <laughs> I'd expect no less from our top guy. And honestly, I welcome the second set of eyes. You never know. And with Carol gaunt, he sniffs and turns toward the office. Holy shit, did something die in there? I stiffen and turn toward the office. You smell it too? Carol mentioned it the other day. I thought I was going crazy. Kyle turns toward me, his eyebrows raise. Wait, Carol called you? What did she say? Is she okay? I study his face. 
His breathing is picked up and his nostrils are flared. His eyes are wide, scared looking with a hint of anger. Then it dawns on me. They were seeing each other. I chuckle uneasily. Well, she was here a few days ago before she quit. She said she needed some personal days. Kyle's face turns pale and his fists ball at his side. You know, this is so typical. She hasn't responded to me in over a week. She just disappears from the office, randomly shows up, and then asks for more days off. He wipes at his eyes, muttering something about needing a minute. And then he's gone. Tell me more about the women in your life, past and present, Dr. Tanner says. I expected to talk a little bit in this first session, but these questions are leading to something I don't like. What does this have to do with anything I've just said to him? Look, no disrespect, but I've just told you that my house was torn apart by a non-existent tornado and that my soon-to-be ex-wife was a monster and some weird wind beast is now following me around. Why are we even talking about this? He smiles across at me with that infuriating calm all physicians seem to possess. Yes, you mentioned those things, but one of them was before a head injury, the other was around bedtime, and the third you said you were looking out of your back window. Okay, and I stare over at him and cross my arms. When I don't answer, he sighs and continues. Tom, all of these things have a pattern. Do you not see it? I frown. That I'm going insane, I offer. He shakes his head. Far from it. When was the last time you had more than a few hours of sleep? I pause awkwardly and think. Holy shit, he's right. When was the last time I had enough sleep? I let out a long sigh. The weight of the world rushes from my shoulders to my fingertips, and then finally, the floor. The known side effects of sleep deprivation, all of them added up. I place my face into my hands and cry. Finally, something is making sense. I feel his warm hand on my shoulder, and then he places a box of tissues in front of me. I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and prescribe you something to help you both relax and sleep. It's just a mild sedative, and it's non-habit forming. He reaches into his drawer and scribbles on a piece of paper. In the meantime, let's schedule another session, and we can get more into the heart of the issue. I think this may all be stemming from much more than sleep-deprived hallucinations. What could possibly be worse than this, I wonder? The drive home has never felt so long. It's as if my body is caught up to what Dr. Tanner said. I ache from head to toe, and my eyes are so raw, I can feel every vein pulsing beneath the surface. I really want to talk with Karis. But I think it's better that I just close my eyes for the next 12 hours. I can't believe how dumb I've been. 
My knees wobble as I turn the lock and stumble inside. I want to collapse in bed. I quickly down the pills, kick off my shoes, and collapse into pillowy bliss. The sound I hear next is not the one I expect. I expected the familiar soft jingle that wakes me up every single morning. This one is different, like a low drone, kind of a humming. I roll and pull the sheets over my head. Not alarm, I think. Go back to sleep. Then it happens again, and then a third time, before I realize that my phone is ringing. Angry, I roll over and look outside. It's still light out. I must have only been out for a few hours. Damn it. I scoop up the phone and look at the caller ID. I clear my throat a few times and then answer. <clears throat> hey man, uh, how'd the meeting go? Hey, um, I'm sorry, were you sleeping? I didn't know you were taking another day off. I bolt up and look at my phone. It's 10 a.m. Tuesday at 10 a.m. Christ, dude. Oh, the doctor gave me some pills yesterday. I haven't been sleeping. I must have slept through my freaking alarm. Oh, wow, he says. Hey, no worries, man. You must have needed it. I can hold down the fort another day. You get some sleep, okay? I clear my throat again, slowly starting to clear the fog in my mind. You sure? I don't mind coming in if you need me to help. Everything go all right yesterday? I can hear his smile from the other end. We crushed it. They signed first thing this morning. That report was freaking phenomenal, man. You added some stuff in there I didn't even think of. I really appreciate that. I grin. Well, keep at it. You'll be where I am in a few years. He chuckles. We both knew he was just as good. I'm hoping to see him promoted by the end of the year. The guy's a genius. He shifts and then sighs. Um, there is one thing you can do for me? Yeah, sure, what's up? I ask. Can you ask Carol to please call me when she can? I just want to know she's okay. He sounds really sad, almost broken. Poor guy. Oh yeah, of course. I'll let you know right away if I hear anything. Thanks, man. Um, I really appreciate it. Speaking of which, this is a little off topic, but can you have Brett call maintenance and check out her office? That smell really needs to be taken care of. People have been complaining all day. Yeah, sure, no problem. I'll give him a call right now. And Kyle, thanks again for all your hard work and taking care of yesterday and today, I say. He thanks me and hangs up. I make another note to promote him ASAP and then roll out of bed. First things first. Brett Manning, he rumbles on the first ring. Hey, Brett, I need you to email maintenance about Carol's old office. There's a smell like putrid ass coming from there. Yeah, I know. I put in a complaint a few hours ago. Hopefully they get to it today. Honestly, if it isn't taken care of tonight, I think I may have to quit. Sorry, not sorry. I laugh and shake my head. Good old Brett. 
I don't blame you. Let me know if they fix the problem today. If not, we may just go ahead and give a staff holiday tomorrow. Or let people work from home. I vote staff holiday, he quips. You would. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow, okay? Maybe, he says, and then hangs up the phone. The rest of the day goes by pretty uneventful. I pick up my phone for the thousandth time and look through my text messages. Still nothing. If I don't get a call by eight tonight, I've decided I'm going to call her instead. Normally, I like to let her be the one to call me in case they're in the middle of something. Just relax, I think. They're probably having a good time and forgot to call last night. My stomach complains at me in high-pitched squeals. My first instinct is to reach for a box of cookies, but when my stomach turns just thinking about it, I realize I need actual food. A quick glance in my fridge tells me all I need to know. Take out it is. I settle on some pepper beef and rice and then plant myself in front of the computer. It's been so long since I've used this thing for fun that I forget I have at least three new games I've purchased recently. I used to be an avid gamer. In college, it was all I did. Hell, my degree was wrapped around becoming a 3D modeler for the game industry. My buds and I had won several competitions for most innovative. That was just before the crash in 08. I basically graduated with a useless degree, and here I am now, managing teams of people that make websites for other companies. It wasn't a dream job, but it paid more than enough to keep us comfortable. At the end of the year, I'd be looking at a possible promotion and making over 400K. It wasn't what Jen made, but it was a decent living. The game fires up and I'm pumped. I'm a super nerd for sci-fi, especially shooters. Add mechs and I am all in. This one ticked all the boxes. Before I knew it, the doorbell sounds. I glance at the camera and see the young delivery guy there. I'd have to go AFK for a bit, but I was in free play mode anyway, so I wouldn't be holding anyone back. I let out a long sigh and pat my stomach. Man, that was some of the best Chinese food I've had in a while. Or you were just hungry, I think. I stand and stretch, yawning loudly. I'm beat. I glance at my watch. It was well past Karis' bedtime. I look at my phone and instantly feel guilty. There's a missed call. Then, on closer inspection, I notice it wasn't Jenna. Damn. Part of me is hoping that she got voicemail for once. Then a new feeling sets in. Why haven't they called? It's now been two days. While that wouldn't really be a point of concern for many, it was for me. Jenna is an extremely punctual and respectful person. The silent treatment wasn't really her thing. This isn't like her. Maybe she sent a text or She's in an area without reception. I pull up my messages and then click on her name. I send a quick, Hey, haven't heard from you in a couple days. Everything all right? And then I wait. 15 minutes drag on, and then another 30. I pace, staring at my phone and willing it to light up with the little rectangle of light. Don't be crazy, 
I tell myself, they do live in the country. Unable to sit still, I leave the room. I need a distraction, a shower. My body responds with a slight shiver. Not the bad kind, but the sort that tingles you all over in anticipation. How long had it been since I'd taken a shower? A really long one. I sigh, pausing just outside of the bathroom. Best to keep it nearby, just in case, I think. I circle back to the living room, scoop up my phone, and then pad to the bathroom. The cool tiles are unwelcome to my feet, but I ignore the slight discomfort in lieu of what is waiting for me. The hot liquid instantly bubbles out, splashing my arm as I pull it back. I check the ringer on the phone, see that it's on, and that, to my dismay, no new text messages. Just let it be, I tell myself. If you don't hear from them by tomorrow, then worry. This seems to calm me. I shrug off my clothes and then toss them aside. My body melts into the water, and despite the warmth, I shiver. I might as well be outside for all the heat I'm retaining. A cold creeps along my spine and seeps into my bones. My eyes close, and I feel myself drift from the beating water against my skin. Flashes of Karis's smile pop into my mind. We're walking along the beach. The sky is an endless blue. I love you, Daddy. Her giggles sprinkle across my mind like a summer breeze. I'm all grins, smiling at her sweet face. I love you too, baby girl, I say, reaching out and taking her small hand. The sky fades from the warm sunrise colors to an ugly gray and blue. Thick, dark clouds roll in. Not just any clouds. Those clouds. It's clouds. Instinctively, I reach to pull her close to my side and grasp at air. Karis is gone. I spin frantically, searching the whole area, but the only thing I can see is the tall, dense, grass, miles and miles of nothing but the tall mess of green that reaches to the sky. There are no trees, no place to hide. Lightning explodes around the sky and an angry rumble growls in the distance. Then it starts. This time, it's not just close to me, it's behind me. No matter which way I turn, it's always a step ahead. It's loud enough to be annoying, but soft enough that I can't get a handle on just how close it is. There's a suction sound that drones on. It's moving all around me, coming from every direction. I cover my ears and spin on the shore. There must be some way out of here, some way back to the comfort of my home. I'm struggling to remember. What was I doing? Something to do with warmth. The draining noise stops momentarily, and all that can be heard is the gentle rustle of grass behind me. I feel the waves lapping at my heels. Something about the water 
dug into me as I stood there. Why am I here? Could it be possible that I fell asleep? I'd stayed up late to play a game and check my phone. After that, I... What was it? My head is pounding as the deep rumble sounds again. Shower. The thought jumps into my head and I remember. I had been checking my phone before I turned on the shower. Then I sat down and I closed my eyes. This time, it's distinctly closer. It's still there. I know this because the spider webs of light are blinding around it and the earth shifts beneath my feet. This can't be real, I reason, because I'm dreaming. I can feel its vibration as it crawls toward me. I've fallen asleep in the shower. I'm safe and alone. The shiver returns as I sense the movement behind me. To my absolute terror, I know that it is standing there. Its swirling is now mixed with a new sound, insect-like pops and chitters that blend with the draining. The clicking now sounds questioning, prodding even. It's backed away, but I know full well that the demon is less than 20 feet from me. I've acted, but not in a way that it expects. It's not sure how to react. Its clicks and pops almost sound confused. I take a step forward, inching my way toward the water. When nothing happens, I take one more. Suddenly, the pattern starts again. I howl in agony as a new sensation rips into my left wrist. I spin toward the pain, cradling my left arm with my right. Blood oozes down my arm, then drips to my feet. It's the only noise that fills the air. The wind has died, the lightning subdued. Not even a blade of grass dares to stir. It's as if the entire world is holding its breath, terrified of the beast. My eyes are glued to my arm. There are two distinct slices trailing from the top of my wrist down to the forearm. Neat, precise cuts, deep ones. I stare at the blood as it pools from my wounds. It wraps my arm and drips to the ground. I'm mesmerized by the amount that flows from me. It isn't real, I tell myself, over and over again. It isn't real. There's movement behind my arm, a darting movement that is so fast, I can't keep up with it. It's as if the monster exists in two places, jumping between the planes. I can see that it towers me, the gargling, and then clicks, continue. Almost as if this is its way of drawing breath, there's a waving movement, like the thousands of wriggling worms I'd felt beneath Jenna's skin. I want to look up 
but I can't bring myself to. Somehow, I think that if I don't look at it, it can't harm me. If I can't see it, then it can't see me, right? It sighs, breathing a rancid stench into my face and lungs. I squeeze my eyes shut. It isn't real. It isn't real. It isn't real. It's inches from my face. Every muscle in my body tenses as I ready myself for the inevitable blow. My legs buckle and I drop to the ground. I'm shocked as my hands shoot out and are met with wet, smooth tile. I'm crouched on the shower floor, my head leaning against the wall. Suddenly, I'm overwhelmed with emotion. I curl my legs under my chin and rock back and forth beneath the stream. It's long gotten cold, but I don't care. I'm free from the evil creature, at least for the moment. I groan and roll over, willing the annoying sound to stop. The jarring noise sounds again, and then again. I growl and roll towards it. Scooping the phone up, I look at the screen and then hastily hit the green button. Hey, I was wondering when I was going to hear from you guys. I sit up, excited to hear Karis and Jenna's voice again. Daddy? I clear my voice a few times. Yeah, baby. Daddy's here. How's your trip going? Static fills the speaker. It sounds like she's trying to say something. Sorry, baby? Daddy can't hear you. What was that? I struggle to make anything out. He's good. I've had fun. I smile as she finally comes through. You've had fun? That's great. I miss you, sweetie. There's silence on the other end. Sweetheart, are you there? There's a burst of static and then, Daddy? Yes, I'm here. I'm glad you've had a great time. There's a long, static-filled pause. He's good. I've had fun. A knot forms in the pit of my stomach. Yes, baby. You just said that. Daddy? A lump forms in my throat. Who is this? I managed to choke out. There's a long pause and then... He's good. I've had fun. This time her voice sounds different. As if she knows something that I don't. My hands tremble as I hear the static grow louder from the other side. Her laughter breaks through the static. <laughs> Not Karis's soft, twinkling laughter. It's something else. Something that sounds like my little girl. My throat goes dry. I'm finding it harder and harder to breathe. How long is it going to toy with me? Daddy? It's her. This time, it sounds like her. She's frightened. Baby? Where are you? Are you okay? Daddy? Are you okay? let out a long sigh, covering my hands with my face. Yes, sweetheart, I'm alright. How's your trip? The silence that follows makes me nervous. 
I'm worried that I'm being messed with again when I hear, Oh, uh, it was good. I told you that a long time ago. I sit up. A long time ago? She sighs really loud. Yes, like a long time ago. I'm immediately alarmed and confused. I glance at the date on my phone, then bring it back to my ear. Baby, when did you talk to daddy about the trip? I can hear her fidgeting on the other line. Daddy? My stomach twists. Yes, baby? When are you coming to get me? When are you gonna come over with me and mommy? I frown at how small and scared she sounds. I can come now if you want. Are you with mommy? I tear up as I hear her start crying on the other end. Honey, don't cry. I'll come over right now, okay? Daddy, I want us to be together. Where are you? I'm at mommy's house. I'll be here with her. Just come over, please. Okay, daddy's on his way, okay? I hear a few more gasps, her sobbing continuing, and then the phone goes quiet. Confused, I immediately dial Jenna's number. It goes straight to voicemail. I roll out of bed and throw on my clothes. I'm in Jenna's driveway tearing across the parking lot when my phone goes off. I pull it out frantically, then frown at the screen. It's the same number from last night. I swipe it to go to voicemail and beat on the door, and then wait. 30 seconds go by, then a minute. I'm not sure if she's heard me. This time, I knock louder. I take a step back and yell, Jenna! It's me! 30 more seconds. Still, there is only silence. My phone jingles and I look at the message that's popped up. Voicemail, 31 seconds. Maybe it's work. I am supposed to be in this morning, but not this early. The office won't be open for another 30 minutes. Probably a telemarketer or a scam. No one really calls me, except Jenna. I try the door again and gasp as it pops open. I stare at it slowly as it comes back toward me and snaps shut. I try the knob and it easily swings open. Hello? I call inside. I hesitate at the entrance, unsure of what I should do. I didn't want to intrude. Maybe I'm just overreacting. Suddenly I'm embarrassed. What if Karis is just having a moment and I read too much into it? Jen? You here? I glance around the living room and then over to the stairs. A thin streak of red lines go all the way up the stairs to the top. It looks like... Now I'm really worried. I'm very aware that the only thing I have are the clothes on my back and my phone. What if someone else is here? What if they have a gun? I ease the door closed and quickly run over to the kitchen. Without thinking, I reach above the refrigerator in the cabinet. Strapped right where it used to be in our old house is Jen's gun. I rip it out and check the clip. 
exactly 15 bullets are still there. She hasn't had a chance to use it. I pull back, getting one bullet in the chamber, and turn toward the stairs. I jump as the phone vibrates in my pocket. Jesus, I swear. Good thing I didn't have my finger on the trigger. I edge up against the wall and look at my caller ID. The same number is calling me. Maybe I should go outside and answer it. Maybe it's Jenna. I sneak back outside and manage to answer on the last ring. Hello? I say quietly, not wanting to alert anyone that may be inside. Jesus, dude. You are hard to get a hold of. Did you get my message? I relax at Kyle's voice. No, sorry, man. I had to run and pick up kiddo early this morning. I may be bringing her into work today. There's a slight pause on the other end. You getting to see her again? I frown. Yeah, why, why wouldn't I? I don't know, man. There was a lot of, you know, with you and Jenna. I sigh. Oh, right. He wouldn't have known about the agreement between her and me recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that all got worked out. So, what's going on up at the office? Kyle clears his throat. Well, turns out they found something in Carol's office. They're shutting the whole office down for the day. I just wanted to let you know to not come in. They found something? Yeah, they think an animal might have crawled up between the floorboards and died. They hired a crew to come in and clean it up. Oh, okay, I say. I appreciate you letting me know. We all coming back in tomorrow? I look over at the door. It's still popped open. No Jenna in sight. Yeah, it shouldn't take too long. The crew actually got here about 20 minutes ago. I just wanted to catch you before you left. All right, I answer. Thanks again, man. I'll see you tomorrow. He mutters something and then we both hang up. Good. That means I can see what the hell is going on. Hopefully... Jenna's just upstairs and can't hear me. My mind travels back to the first time I saw her in this place. The way her skin moved beneath my touch. Her long, unnatural stride. I glance up as a dark cloud rolled over the sun, bathing the entire area in an eerie green light. Again, I pause by the door. What if this is a trap? What if, what if it's in there, waiting for me to walk right into its trap? Could Jenna possibly be a part of it? I started thinking about how different she'd been acting lately. This huge, expensive-looking home. How young she looked the last time I saw her. She always has been some sort of mystery. Tom. I just want to let you know, I'm sorry. I stare into the house as I push open the door. What are you sorry for? I wonder for the thousandth time. Sorry that you tore us all apart? I climb the stairs, the gun weighing heavy in my right hand. I peek into Karis's room, then double check the hallway. It's as quiet as ever. 
The sun shines for a moment, bathing the room in a warm glow. It's a peaceful feeling, almost safe. I know why she loves this place. You can see the entire house from up here and most of the kitchen. Jenna always hated walls. The sun slips back behind the clouds and the putrid green is back. I take a deep breath and push on Karis's door. It makes contact with something and stops. Something solid. I grunt and push harder. A loud whimper comes from behind the door. I pause, crouch down and call softly. Here boy, come here. Another whimper. I look down the hall again and then back to Karis's door. It's wide enough for me to squeeze through. I have to make a decision. I look into her room. Her bed has been made and everything is neat. It looks as if she hasn't even been here. I reach in and grasp at the door handle. The whimper gets louder and I feel something jump on the floor. There's a soft <laughs> and then another whine. I feel around until I grip something tangled on the door. I pull it off the handle and then bring it around the door. The lump on the end hobbles toward me and then the dog is suddenly in front of the door. He's been completely tangled in the leash, no doubt trying to get out of the room and then shutting himself in. He nips at me as I untie it from around his neck and then shoulders. It doesn't hurt. I can tell he's just scared. I coo down at him, running my hands behind his ears and neck. He whines but allows it, desperate for human contact. I pick him up and take him downstairs. I'm reluctant to tie him up but I need him to stay out of the way while I search for Jen and Karis. I fill a bowl of water and then another with a little bit of food. He doesn't seem to take notice as I hook the leash around the table and tie it off. He's happily chowing down on the food as I climb the stairs. Now I'm really worried. Jen never mistreats animals or leaves them tied up like that for longer than a couple of minutes. The dog would have been with her or in the back room where he could have gone outside and then back into his crate. I glance down at my arms and gasp. They're covered in blood. A quick glance tells me it's not my own. It must be from the dog. I want to run and check his injuries, but I need to find them first. I'm at full speed, charging through the house. If someone's still here, they would have attacked me by now or got out. I'm being incredibly stupid, but I need to know. Jenna? I burst into Karis's room. I drop to look under her bed and then search her closet. They all turn up empty. Karis? Honey? Are you okay? I scream through the hallway, busting down every door on the way to Jenna's room. All of them are empty. They're fucking empty. My phone goes off just as I round the corner. Jenna's room is a few feet away. I halt at the entrance. It's then that I notice all the water. It's pooling from the room. My phone hums several times as I trace the source back to the right. 
The door is closed. My lips tremble as my knees wobble, threatening to buckle beneath me. I hear her words again. Tom, I just want you to know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't breathe. I can't move. I'm vaguely aware that my phone is going off. I stare at the silver door handle. My own reflection is small, weak. Jesus, I look so small. My hand trembles as I reach for the phone. It's buzzing again, this time with a new voicemail. I know what is waiting for me behind that door. I've known. I've had to have known this whole time. I bring the phone up to my head and play back the message. <laughs> you sick son of a nose, you. I know it was you. Do you know how they found her? Do you know? The phone drops from my hands. There's more screaming and yelling, but I can't make it out. I don't want to do what my legs are doing, but they won't stop. Flashes of Karis and Jenna's smiles run through my mind again. She said sorry. She said sorry. Carol had known. She'd confronted me. She'd visited. She'd seen it. I couldn't let her tell anybody. I wanted it to be the three of us. I didn't know that I would have hurt somebody like that. I don't remember how she ended up there in her office, but I know. I know that she knew. And I couldn't have that. I inch forward. All I wanted was to be a husband, a father. I stagger into the enclosed space and reach for the handles to turn off the water. I stare down, numb. I can hardly move. I don't want to look. That night, I hadn't left. Her delicate pale hand cradles a smaller hand as they rest on the side of the tub. Karis is laid across Jenna, curled in a fetal position. They look so beautiful. It's as if they were asleep. I jump as Jenna's eyes flash open. She grins lovingly up at me as she cradles Karis in her arms. My wife, my beautiful wife is back. I cry, holding the two in my arms. The drain sounds swirling and whirling around us. The room darkens as rain pelts across the glass. She smiles, wrapping her hand against mine. I've missed her touch so much. 
How I've longed to just be here, together. She caresses my cheek and then runs the length of my arm down toward the gun. Her hand wraps my hand against the trigger. I'm positioned between Jenna and Karis as I cradle Karis and lean back into Jenna. She brings her hand up with my own as I stare into her beautiful blue eyes, so perfectly calm, her smooth skin against mine like silk. I stare into them as the last thing I hear is a click. I feel her squeeze my finger and I close my eyes. Finally, we can be a family again. A whole, happy, family. Alright guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the conclusion of My Family is Falling Apart. I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed both writing it for everyone and recording it. I hope that all of you can join me next time for our Urban Legends episode. Uh, I try to air this every other Tuesday, but sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. So next time, we will be talking about, as I'd mentioned before, the Black Eyed Children some other urban legends that I don't want to mention because I want them to be a surprise. But I can't wait for all of you to hear it. And, and I hope that you've had a wonderful time. Thanks for joining again. We'll see you soon. Pleasant dreams, all. <laughs>